forward on my knees. I walk forward on my knees. I walk forward on my knees. Please keep me moving on. Welcome to Walking Forward, the podcast of Atlanta's Edmiston Center, bringing together local and global kingdom voices to discuss Christian endurance on society's margins. I'm your host, Karen Ellis, and my guest for this episode is Trillia Newbell. Trillia is a wife and a mom and an author and a speaker and a businesswoman, but most importantly, she is a Bible scholar and a very humble one and a very uh, effective one. Last year, Trillia gave us her book, Sacred Endurance, and it's a deep biblical exploration of the Christian's call to persevere. I personally have found Sacred Endurance to be very helpful for this season of life, particularly for the church in the freer world. I think Sacred Endurance can be a bridge for those of us who are fairly comfortable and unaccustomed relatively to deep hardships, uh, or even for some of us, those, uh, those of us who can't often distinguish between the suffering that's actually built into this broken world that everybody experiences and the suffering for righteousness sake that's particular for Christians. Those first kinds of hardships we endure are very real. They're caused by the disappointments that stem from the fall, the grief of death, disease, harm to our physical bodies, um, or the bodies of those we love, pain that's caused by other people or by governments or cultural systems. The other kind of hardships and sufferings are difficulties that are influenced by the promise of the coming kingdom for those who believe. That we would call suffering for righteousness sake, for kingdom advancement, and for the name of Christ. Suffering for righteousness sake isn't about the smaller annoyances of life or even about suffering for oppression or a particular part of your identity. It's particularly focused on a biblical category that refers to suffering for your association with Christ. And sometimes we suffer for the sake of kingdom advancement, for naming the name of the biblical transformational Christ. Well, either way, in this episode, I want to point you to sacred endurance because it's a call to embracing the messiness and the reality of the truth that we all come to realize eventually. Walking with Christ through a profoundly broken world has consequences for the genuine believer, but Christ has promised to help us endure to the end and use all the brokenness of this world to restore us to the people he always intended for us to be a people living in shalom and right relationship with him and with the rest of creation and with each other. So Trillia, it's such an honor. Thank you so much, my friend. Welcome to Walking Forward. Thank you. And I love that title, Walking Forward. Yes. (laughs) Our song, our our theme song is We Walk Forward on Our Knees. And uh, I wrote that song and recorded it about, uh, gosh, it's been 12 years now. So (laughs) that's our theme song. And we do walk forward on our knees because, girl, my my mind is not equipped to do it any other way. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Thank you for having me. I mess it up every time. Listen, I wanted to ask you, what are some of the uh, main things that make you you? What, and how did they come to influence you writing Sacred Endurance? That is such an interesting question because I, I love it because I wonder what does make me me? And I'm going to start with a real Christian answer. I'm a new creation. I didn't become a Christian until I was 22. So that reality of that new creation um, 
is very, uh, it, it's not, it's just very meaningful to me. <laughs> but also, I see it. I see how the Lord transforms me. Mm. And my worldview, my life, the trajectory of my entire life has been changed. So, mm. so one, I'm a, I'm a uh, daughter of the King. I'm, I'm a Christian and that makes me, me. And it informs the way that I see the world, that I interact with people. It, it really does. And I, I think that that is one way. Another thing is, is um, what makes me, me. I do think that some of the suffering um, that you talked about, the, the, ordinary stuff of life suffering makes me me. So I've experienced a lot of death um, for miscarriages mm. and the death of my father, the death of my older sister, and and even my husband, two of his brothers committed suicide. And so death is something that I'm very familiar with. And that sort of suffering has marked my life. And it's marked it's made me who I am, the way I think about um, life and, and walking and suffering and how I approach even my my kids um, and my, my relationship with, I, I find myself telling people that I love them a lot because of this suffering or trying to encourage them, making sure my last words are certain last words because I, they could be those last words. So it's really interesting how that has marked me and has made me me, just yeah. that reality of yeah. experiencing death. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the, my kids and my husband and um, I am a, a kind of energetic uh, <laughs> Some might say fun-loving. I don't know who I am. But I've, anyways, tra so I've traveled with you. And yes, you are energetic. <laughs> the rest of us all had jet lag after like 100 hours on the plane. And Shirley was like, oh boy, let's go over here. <laughs> and you do love to live. Yeah, I have a, but if you also noticed, when y'all were out at night, I was in bed. At like 9 o'clock, I'm like, see you. I'm not hanging out. <laughs> that is true, too. I have a limit to that energy. Anyway, so I that's... That's there's probably so much more that I could say yeah. because I that is such an interesting question, mm -hmm. but I think that sums it up enough. And so, how did it? How did what 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 put it in your brain? That's like I've got to write this down. I've got to write down for sacred, why, for sacred endurance. Yeah, why why where where did that come from? Where did that that impetus come from? It came from watching people not endure. Mm. And knowing that I, I am very much capable of not enduring too. So I wanted to explore it. What does it, what, what can help keep me mm. and really Jesus, <laughs> but what can, what, what am I thinking? What am I doing? What can I think on that's going to help me? continue in the faith until that moment I see Jesus. Mm. And, and so I, I do think that I, I see people who are falling either because of sin mm -hmm. sure, or weariness mm -hmm. or um, uh, complacency. Mm -hmm. There's lots of reasons why people just don't endure in the faith, but I just long to see us all finish. Mm. And, and 
I long to see it for myself. I long to see it in others. I want to see people finish and finish well. And well doesn't mean without maybe even a public repentance. I mean, there's no, well doesn't need to be defined in what we think of as um, the this kind of perfect life or it well might be going forward on your knees. And so I, but that's something that I long to see and I haven't seen. I've seen a lot of people not endure. Mm -hmm. And that is what was the impetus of writing Sacred Endurance. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so many things in there we're going to unpack in this episode. So I'm, I'm excited. Let's talk about that place where anxiety and endurance meet. And I'm thinking about that chapter that talks about how a great deal of the battle is in the mind. And most of us here in the freer world, we're comfort creatures, but we do know anxiety. I know anxiety. I know oh, yeah. I had to make friends with my anxiety. I gave it a name because it was always just going to be standing close by. I'm like, oh, there you are again. Well, I didn't see you there, but uh, that makes sense. You are right here. That's why I'm feeling anxious. So I had to make friends with my own anxiety. But I've learned that if I don't do certain things to set myself up for faithfulness in advance, so that my anxiety doesn't take me by the hand and lead me to a dark place. How can we be better prepared for the inevitable challenges, the deep and hard ones that a lot of people are dealing with these days? I mean, right now there's incredible loss of life, loss of livelihood, people losing their businesses, people being evicted from their homes on some, and other people losing their homes to natural disasters. And uh, some people facing the abandonment of friends and family as they make um, choices, cultural choices. Um, We're already in this period of social isolation and there's rejection and shame on top of that. And it's just an unusually dark time that, causes believers and unbelievers, I think, to cry out in different ways, God, where are you? Mm. Uh, Some people are angry at God. They don't feel Mm. like they can endure. And on the flip side, some people are turning to God even harder, maybe even for the first time, because they don't have anywhere else to turn. It really is a paradox. So how can a Christian Mm. prepare themselves to better endure when these desperate times show up? Yeah, so it's interesting. I almost want to flip it and ask you a question. <laughs> well, you you have continually used the word free, us in the free world, mm-hmm. and how our minds, just our suffering may be different. And, mm-hmm. and, and so I am so curious about, in, in, as you have um, worked in various places and contexts, if this mind suffering or this mind battle is different Hmm. because this seems so common to man. It just seems like such a, because God calls us to love him with all of our hearts, our soul, our strength, our minds, everything in us. He calls our minds to love him. And what I have realized in my own life is that, we can sin. We probably sin more in our minds than we do outwardly. We right. know how. To. Right. That's, the Bible tells us that's where it starts, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. why we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, because yes. that's that's where it starts, you know, thinking yeah. about things 
too long, you know, that take us to dark places, that take us to distracted places, that take us to sinful places. So if this, eh, you turn the question back on me, that's the risk of inviting another podcaster on your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But that's okay. That's okay. You have a section in Sacred Endurance on what about those who don't endure? And, uh, That chapter, actually, I think it took me to a place uh, in the world of Christian perseverance under hostility in particular that you may not have intended for your reader to go to. But as I was reading it, um, I couldn't help but think that we here in the freer world, that is people with greater religious freedom than others, we look at endurance on the margins of hostile societies and we have a warped and romantic view of it. I think a lot of times some of us might even be closet donatists, like, you know, donatism, that old heresy that taught that holiness was proved in your faithfulness and enduring persecution, you know, Mm. and everybody thinks that they can endure, they're going to endure hardships better than the other guy until it's on our doorstep. Right. I mean, we even do this with history. Everybody thinks they would have been Harriet Tubman, right? Effortlessly effortlessly doing the hard things and the most risky and most valiant and heroic things. But there were so many other people throughout history who were faced with with the same trials or similar. uh, And they accomplished valiant Christian living according to how God was guiding them. They don't always look like heroism or, you know, um, um, endurance to us. But in their day and in their minds and in their call, they were enduring as best as they could. Um, The truth is nobody suffers well Um, because, well, who's going to define well, right? And suffering is suffering. It's hard. Um, so yeah, we can, we can talk about this a little bit back and forth, but just, uh, you know, does that surprise you that I kind of went to that place in my mind of just thinking about folks that, um, you know, those who don't endure suffering is hard. Endurance is hard. No, it doesn't actually surprise me because we will see people who don't endure. What does surprise me and where I'm really glad that you brought up is this false idea that we can, we're superhuman and that we will, (laughs) or we would know what we would do in a certain place or time in history. (laughs) Right. Because we're always going to cast ourselves as the person who did the the currently right thing, right? Oh, we, we, we're never the, we're never the people (laughs) throwing stones at Jesus. Right. You know what I mean? We're, we're never the ones who are calling out for his crucifixion. We're always, we always place ourselves in a holier place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and this is, it's interesting. I was just talking to my 14 year old son about this because he was asking me about a war and what side I would have been on. And, and I was like, I, I think I would have been on this side, but in that place and time and, and, History, he was talking about the American Revolution, so that people know context. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I think I would, I probably would have fought for the British. (laughs) Same. I don't want to be a slave, you know. Because they got rid of slavery a lot earlier than than the US. I I think that's what I probably would have done, but. But I, so, so I don't, so it's, it's an interesting question. And what I think that 
we really all should think about more is not and 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 it may help for our real preparing for suffering in this life because we don't know um paul i i I think it was paul and it could be peter wrote i can't remember i think it's in first peter actually anyways don't be surprised by the fury trial Mm. when it comes upon you Mm -hmm. as if you didn't know so (laughs) right (laughs) jesus told you it was coming (laughs) don't be surprised so i i do think that for our for our own preparation, we 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 God only gives us grace for today. That's why He says, "Don't think about tomorrow." Don't. So so there is a certain guarding that we need to do because if my temptation is to think of the future in fear, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and so we we have to guard against that kind of fearful anxiety the future is going to be whatever, you know, but, but preparing our hearts and minds for battle through the word Mm -hmm. so that equipped, like you said, that the person who is in prison, you said that, that, you know, people who are calling upon scriptures to keep, so they can endure the suffering of isolation and fear of abandonment. And, and so I think that our preparation is really in our daily Bible reading, yeah. I mean, it is in feeding our souls mm-hmm. that thing gives life yeah. and not our phones or some yeah. random or TVs or whatever it is, but that thing that gives life right. so that we will be able to guard against that, that potential. Now, there are people when I'm talking about enduring and suffering, I'm not talking, I'm talking or enduring in the faith. I'm talking about Christianity. Right. So, so I, when I say that people don't endure, there is a chance that you're going to suffer in a way that is, is maybe not glorifying to the Lord. Mm -hmm. So you, Mm -hmm. you may grumble or you may, but that, but you also may repent. Right. Um, You may for a time, withdraw or give in to to escapism and so find other comforts mm-hmm. it could be drugs right it could be all sorts of a number of things that may you may do mm-hmm. is would be considered probably not suffering well right. when we're talking about suffering in a manner that glorifies the lord suffering it that points to jesus but you may turn back to the Lord, where I am praying is that, that, and, and where we have to at some time, at some point ask ourselves is, do we believe Jesus? Right. Right. Do we believe? Because the suffering that doesn't end well in the end is the suffering that denounces Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's apostasy, I guess you call it, like the suffering where where you you den you deny the Lord altogether, yeah. and so so that to me is the only real suffering that doesn't endure to the end. Mm-hmm. That makes it, so no, it's, it it's, does. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Jesus. Yeah, you're bringing- and then 
And then there's questions of, did you ever know? There's so many questions that come up when, when we see that kind of end. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hope is, is that we will all, if we start going down some road or trajectory, turn back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's our hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it makes, makes me think of the prodigal son and right. there's a, that there's a turning there and a coming back to the father. Um, and there's also mercy too. And I, and I don't know, you know, none of us knows the limits and boundaries of God's mercy in those kinds of situations. Uh, So I want to shift gears real quick here. And you and I, I mentioned earlier, you and I had the privilege to travel to Rwanda together last year. And that was the 25th commemoration of the, uh, the tragedy there. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it was a very special time to be there. So thank you for inviting me on that trip. I'm so glad I went with you. And I feel like we saw in some ways the next generation of Christian endurance in that particular location following that tragedy. So I just wanted to give you a chance to share some of the things you learned. I know you've gotten very close with different communities there. What are some of the things you've learned from those saints about Christian endurance? Well, one of the first things that I came home and realized is that I have a very American (laughs) um, view of work and life and what is good, what's considered honorable. I didn't realize that. And I did, when I came home and I was, I was peeling some potatoes, I was, I was recreating a a meal that we had with the Abumarava Cooperative. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a a village and a group of women who come together to um, to do, sell jewelry and they are working the land five hours a day, cultivating their the land and 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 I I realized that I had a a worldly view of what is good work, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize that until I saw the women in obscurity, mm-hmm. praising the Lord and thanking God for the work that they had that they could do and saying that they knew. I remember, um, uh, I believe it's Octavia said, said that she was, uh, she knew that God was pleased with her work. Mm. And I was like, I I was so convicted because what I I didn't realize that I had thought of their work in all only as suffering. Mm. That's how I categorized these women as man. They are suffering because they are have to cook um in a pot and start a fire and walk a half a mile to get water yeah well walk a half a mile to get water and till land but i don't think they were thinking in that category right right they were thinking this is the work we we get to do it glorifies god we get to we're feeding our family we're and 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 so when i got home 
and was recreating just this meal and just so my family could experience some of the things that the joys of, that we got to experience. I, I was convicted that so often I think of certain work as glor- receiving uh, a hierarchy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and I just, and so that to me was one, but also the way that they were, um, the, the way that the ones that we engaged with, because I, I also want to be very careful not to <laughs> put a blanket and, and broad sweep all Rwandans because they're everyone's different. They're not monolithic, but the ones that we engaged with, the the Christians in particular, who were the way that they talked about the genocide and the desire for forgiveness in their suffering, and they, this this was in night. This was in their lifetime. Yeah. This was something that they were that like they they had brothers and sisters and and siblings and 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 parents and cousins who they they played with yes and ate with and neighbors who they served with and everyone turning against one another and they knew they knew people right then who died so this wasn't something that was far off or even a couple I mean and and for that that language and desire to to love their neighbor and forgive it, it was suffering that they experienced and they were experiencing and and you're talking about mercy mm-hmm. i don't even i don't have the right words for what i was experiencing and seeing and learning but i just know i t- you know, I can hold a grudge like no one else. I, I, <laughs> you I, mean, I, I can look yeah. at someone and recall their sin, name. They are now that sin. Right. I can hold, oh, you are just this. And, right. and oof. so it was very convicting in that sense as well. Mm. So, um, all in all, I, I just, I just realized that I had a narrow view of, um, humanity and work and forgiveness and what it means to um, to to love our neighbor. There's lots of things that I learned from that trip and and um, and realized from that I, the narrow view that I had even of of um, Christianity mm-hmm. that I just didn't realize. So. But you are, you didn't just leave it there. You actually put feet on uh, what what you learned. So tell us about the initiative you and your daughter have started with the business women at the co-op, because I love what you're doing there. Um, And then tell us where we can find all things you and all things Sydney and all things uh, cooperative. Uh, Give us websites where we can go and take a look at what you're doing. Well, you are right. When I started to talk to my family about everything that I was learning in the Abuma Robert Cooperative and these women and the the jewelry and Azizi Life, which is an organization that um, does micro businesses, so helps with microfinance and businesses for different communities in Rwanda, I we were like, so well, what do we want to do with this? Because we we have this 
information and and I know these lovely women now and and it was interesting. We wanted to make to have a family business and I wanted to involve my children and my daughter in particular, who is very artistic and creative and um, she's innovative and she loves uh, the, the just to, to work in, in some ways. <laughs> Got to be careful. But, <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so we we came up with the idea of just starting a small business where we sell jewelry mm-hmm. made by the Abumarava excuse me, cooperative women. And so um, it's called SJ, which means Sydney Jean, which is my daughter's name. So SJ Boutique. And we partnered with Azizi Life to um, connect us with the women. And so they make jewelry and we sell and they made a ton of jewelry special ordered for us. <laughs> and we started selling just at sjboutique.net. And this allows my, my daughter to, to be kind of a little entrepreneur. Yeah. And so we're teaching her how to work just as, um, the women are working and how to partner with people and it support businesses um, around the world, specifically in Rwanda mm-hmm. and in this one cooperative. So it's called SJ Boutique and it's sjboutique.net. And that's how you can find that. Azizi Life also has a website. And if you just look up Azizi, A-Z-I-Z-I, Life, you can find more about um, their ministry as well and what they are doing. All right. I'm placing my order right now. <laughs> as soon as we get off this call. Trillia, thanks for blessing us with sacred endurance. I really believe that it anticipated this season um, mm. that we had no idea was coming. Um, and I, I think it's going to be a helpful bridge to transition us from enduring struggles of a broken world to enduring struggles for righteousness sake, for the cause of Christ. Um, Sacred Endurance is, I think, like the Walking Forward podcast. It's for kingdom-minded folks interested in being less like American Christians and more like Christians in America. Uh, Mm. Folks who are aware that we're sojourners passing through with a completely different cultural agenda than all the other cultures around us. I, like many, believe that we are um, probably in for some tough cultural times ahead. So I'm grateful to you for blessing us with your time and your insights around endurance. And I'm going to leave us both with this. Endure, hupomone in the Greek, to endure or sustain a load of miseries, adversities, persecutions or provocations in faith and patience to remain privately patient toward things or circumstances, constancy, perseverance, continuance, bearing up, steadfast, holding out for hope in some to remain in faith. And Hebrews tells us, don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward for you have Mm -hmm. need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come, and will not delay. But my righteousness, my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and persevere their souls. 
This is Walking Forward, a podcast of the Edmiston Center of the, for the Study of the Bible and Ethnicity. Walking Forward is sponsored by Reform Theological Seminary in Atlanta, where the Edmiston Center makes her home. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time as we walk forward on our news.